let's do this. So this series is all about strategic prayer, having how to build a strategic prayer life. And we've been talking about the power of prayer and how prayer is our direct line to God in his power. Prayer keeps us alert and on guard. It's our spiritual weapon and it joins us with all of the power of heaven. So, the enemies after our prayer lives, would you agree that this is something that the enemy does not want us building, doesn't want us growing in because he knows. See, the enemy is not dumb. He actually knows that when we build our prayer lives and we build strategic prayer lives, that he is defeated and that his strategies against us are no longer effective. So of course, he's gonna be after our prayer lives, right? So it's time for us to rise up and say enough is enough. Enemy, you have no authority in my prayer life anymore. I'm gonna build this prayer life and it is gonna be my strategy to fight against you. It's gonna be my strategy for being victorious in Jesus' name. So how do we do this? We've gotta remember these four things. We need to remember that we're in a battle. We need to remember that we have a real enemy. Now are those two things that we need to be fearful of? Absolutely not. We just need to be aware. We also need to, be, to remember that we have been given authority over our enemy, and it's up to us to strategically use that authority. Let's pray. Will you bow your heads with me? Father God, I thank you for this time. God, I thank you for your daughters. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive and active. I thank you that your spirit is here right now in our midst. And Father, right now I ask that you would draw us into attention to you. Draw us into focus on what you have to say to us today, God. Let us not be distracted. Father, I pray that anything that is on our minds right now would be silenced would come to peace, God, so that we can hear exactly what it is that you have for each of us, God. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, are you ready? Okay, last week, if you were here, and again, don't worry if you weren't, but if you were, Pastor Ann opened us up and talked about our passion and how the enemy tries to come in and steal our passion. And if you weren't here, I would highly recommend that you get on the bridgechurch.tv. That is our website. You find the Bridge Women page, and you will see our podcasts on there. And you can go back and you can listen to the messages anytime. I actually went back this week to refresh myself and just to hear that over again because it was so good. And so I would just encourage you to do that if you missed it or if you just want a refresher, go back and have a listen to that. But this week, we're going to talk about how the enemy wants to take our focus off of prayer and put our focus onto anything and everything else besides prayer. So there's 10 chapters in this book, which means that by the time that we're done with this book, we are going to have 10 strategies to fight against the enemy and his attacks towards us. But as we go through these strategies each week, it's really important that we understand why it is that the enemy is attacking these particular areas in our lives. So I want you to listen to this. 
If I were your enemy, I'd disguise myself and manipulate your perspectives so that you'd focus on the wrong culprit. Your husband, your friend, your hurt, your finances, anything or anyone except me. Because when you zero in on the most convenient, obvious places to strike back against your problems, you get the impression you're fighting for something, even though all you're really doing is just fighting for nothing. Fervent prayer relies on focus. See, when we're focused on the things of God, when we're tuned in to the things that he has for us, our eyes are exactly where they should be. And all the chaos and all the things that are going on around us can be brought under his authority, can be silenced, can be brought into submission under him. But when our eyes are off and all over the place and we're focusing on all these other things that the enemy wants us, all we're doing is walking around distracted. We're walking around being sabotaged. We're walking around being blindsided and taken out by the enemy. So it is incredibly important that we get our focus right and that we can be women that are aware that the enemy is trying to get our eyes off of God and off of building a powerful and strategic prayer life. When we're focused on the right things, we're less likely to get taken out. So we gotta get good at recognizing the areas in our life where the enemy tries to distract us, where he tries to steal our focus. And you know, we all have different things in our lives where, that we tend to put our focus on that, that you know, maybe is a weakness for us. We all have different things, but I want you to take a moment and think to yourself, what are the areas in my life? God, maybe just a quick prayer. God, show me. Open up my eyes to the areas, Father, that I need to work on. You know, as I've been preparing this message this week, I've been praying that. And I've been saying, God, I don't want to be distracted. Father, I want to pursue you, God. I want to see you in my life. So, Father, open up my eyes, God, and show me the areas in my life where I need to get my focus back. So what are those areas for you? I know we've got a lot of moms in here, and maybe one of those areas is your kids and the fact that they just drive you crazy all the time, always. No, don't, we, don't be worried about my kids. They are very well loved. Yesterday, I was trying to prepare for this message, and, you know, that's a little bit... Um, of a scenario when you have a two-year-old. My daughter's at school, but she's only in school for three hours. They don't let her come longer than that quite yet. But um, <laughs> next year, next year. Um, but she's in school. I'm like counting on my son taking a nap. He's actually a really good napper. I'm like, okay, cool. And they're like, put him down. I'm just going to have like some really holy time with God. And I'm just going to prepare this amazing message. And you know what? He doesn't take a nap. And I'm sitting here thinking, Waylon, why don't you take a nap? Don't you know I need to prepare the word of the Lord for the women? <laughs> and you know, I'm getting all frustrated with him, with my two-year-old. My poor, he's the cutest thing ever, my poor two-year-old. And you know what? All of a sudden, he's the enemy, <laughs> my two-year-old. <laughs> and then, you know, my daughter comes home and, and you know, she's, she's five and she's spicy and she's got a crazy attitude. And, you know, she likes to tell me sometimes that I'm ruining her life. 
And I'm like, what? You're five. Like, you need to calm down, okay? You know, and all of a sudden, all these things that start happening, and my kids are doing this, and they're doing that, and I'm just like, oh, you children. You know? And I get my eyes off the fact that the Bible says that children are a gift from the Lord. <laughs> Maybe it's your husband. If you're married in this place, you know? My husband's in the room right now, so I'm not going to use any real-life scenarios or put him on the spot like that because, um, you know, he's perfect in every way. <sighs> Love you, babe. <laughs> but our husbands can get us off track. And you know what? Let me just tell you something. It's that way for them, too. We as wives, we can drive them probably insane, probably more insane than they drive us, just so you know. Amen. Maybe it's the fact that your husband never takes out the trash, or he never takes you on dates, or he always leaves his dirty laundry on the floor right next to the laundry basket. Isn't it funny how we use words like that? Always and never. And we focus on every single thing that they don't do and every perfect thing that we do as the amazing wives that we are. You know, maybe your focus, maybe you don't have kids in this place, maybe you're not married, maybe your focus has become all about yourself. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing. We, we are living in this time where this phrase, self-care, is being thrown out everywhere you look. And you know, maybe some of you are in here and that's something that you value is self-care. And listen, I'm not at all saying that there's anything wrong with that. We absolutely should be taking care of ourselves. But you know what the enemy does? Is he takes something good, like looking after yourself, taking control of your health, taking control of your schedules, you know, whatever it is. He takes something good like that and he twists it just a little bit and he causes us to be obsessed with that one thing. And so then everything else doesn't matter. And before you know it, we are adamant about waking up at 4.30 to go to the gym. And we're adamant about having meal prep Monday. And we're adamant about scheduling that Manny and Patty. And we're adamant about making sure that there's time carved out in our week for ourselves. But all the while, we have given little or no attention to the fact that this has taken precedence in our lives and that we've made zero time for God. What about your to-do list? We all have them. You're probably actually sitting here right now and you look like you're taking notes, but you're adding things to your to-do list. I know what you're doing. I see you. We've got things on our list like, oh, I've got to go here, and I've got to pick up the dry clean, and i got to go do that, and i got to run to Target today after Bridge Women and go get Valentine's cards for Livy's class party that I didn't know was happening tomorrow. <laughs> got to get home and Marie Kondo my house in one day. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. Let's spark joy. 
make a pie for my neighbor's sister's friend's daughter. All these things that fill our lives. You know, we laugh about it, but this is us. This is what we do. We get our focus on so many crazy things. And you know what? It's not that all these things are bad. It's just that they have consumed our thought life. They have consumed our focus. And the things of God have just fallen to the wayside. And you know what, ladies? That is a dangerous place for us to be. Because that's right where the enemy wants us. And he's like, oh yeah, okay, I've got your eyes on all these other things. And you're no longer paying attention to what God has for you. To what God wants from you. But you know the thing about the enemy that is actually good for us is that his strategies and his tactics are nothing new. He has not come up with clever new ways of tricking us or deceiving us. He's actually been doing the same thing since the beginning of time. And since we have the word of God, we actually have a glimpse of his like plan of attack. So we can go back and look at the word of God and we can see where the enemy has done things like this throughout his word. And so I want us to take a look at a story in Luke chapter 10. This is a story of two sisters named Mary and Martha. And we're going to read from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. Now, we just pause here for a second. Can you just imagine for a moment, Martha hustling around her house, getting things together, getting, you know, things cleaned up and getting the food going because she's like, oh, I got people in my house, got to prepare for them. Okay, I'm doing all this stuff. And she's, you know, busy working, doing all the stuff. And then she looks over at her sister with like dagger eyes, like this girl is just sitting at the feet of Jesus while all this stuff needs to be done. And so can you just imagine that she's in the kitchen banging around the pots and the, you know, stuff, whatever it is that they had back in that time, clay things and wooden things, I don't know what they had. But can you just imagine she's slamming doors and trying to make it clear that she's in there on her own? I know that none of you have ever done anything like that, but have you ever been upset that your husband is in the living room, watching whatever, while you're in the kitchen slaving away, and he has no idea, and he just has the nerve to sit down and relax while you're in there cooking up the food, and so you start slamming doors and silverware and throwing things around, hoping to get his attention, and it doesn't work, so then you get even more mad that now you're in there by yourself, but also he doesn't know that you're in there by yourself, and you know, all of a sudden, see, it's just a cycle. So let's continue. Martha says, tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. 
Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. We can learn a couple things here from both Mary and Martha. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about, a lesson that we can learn from Martha. Martha's focus was on her tasks, on her to-do list, all the things that she needed to get done. Now listen, our lists are the things that we need to do. They're not from the enemy, okay? We can't go around thinking, oh, I have a million things to do. That's just the enemy. No, that's just life. And we all have things to do, okay? We've got lists. There's nothing wrong with your list, okay? We, like, we want to be women who are productive in our lives, right? Okay, so we have things that we need to do, okay? Martha had a house full of people that she was trying to serve. And I believe that, that her heart was in the right place as far as wanting to care for the people that were in her home. But her focus was a bit off. Her focus was not on Jesus, and you know what? That's exactly what the enemy does. That's what I was talking about earlier. He takes something good and he twists it just a little and we become so tunnel vision and focus on that one thing that everything else sitting at the feet of Jesus no longer matters, no longer takes priority. Martha had full access to Jesus in her house. She was missing out because she was so busy and so focused on something else that she didn't take the time to just sit and receive from him. You know, how often do we get up in the morning and the first thing that goes off in our head is the million things that we've got to do today. And we start going over and going over and saying, oh, I got to do this and I got to do this and oh, I got to go this place. Blah, 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 blah. And you haven't even gotten out of your bed yet. You've been laying there for 15 minutes going through every single thing that you have to do. And by the time you even put your feet on the ground, you're stressed out. You're overwhelmed. You're upset with your husband. You're upset with your kids. You're saying, come on, let's go. We got to get out here. Blah, 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 all these things. When it's like, oh, my gosh, if I would have taken that 15 minutes where I was just laying in my bed to quiet my spirit and to say, God, I give you my full focus today. God, I give you my heart. I give you my list of things to do. I give you all my tasks. Father, you know exactly what it is that I've got to do today. And I give it all to you, Father. I put my focus on you. I put my heart on you, God. I bring myself into alignment with you and with your spirit. And I know, God, that when I do that, that you are going to grace me today. You see, I think that we're missing out. We're missing out on so much that God has for us when we don't put him first. But you know what? When we come to God in prayer, our weaknesses and our worries and our struggles and our realities align with the spirit of God and with all the power of heaven. So we've got to get good at making him our priority, making him our focus, amen? amen? The next thing that we see in this story is that Martha was focused on herself. You know, she was in there trying to prepare dinner and get things ready, and we all said she's probably slamming things around and getting mad, and you know, she's having a pity party in the kitchen, and she's probably getting herself all worked up, thinking like, I cannot believe that I am in here 
preparing this dinner for everyone. I can't believe that I'm the one in here working and she's getting all huffed up and mad. And I can't believe that my sister, how dare she just sit at Jesus' feast when all this work needs to be done? How dare she do that? She starts feeling sorry for herself, throwing a little pity party. Poor me. Have any of us ever done that? Have you ever gotten into that place? It's okay, you don't have to raise your hand. I know that you have, okay? We'll just, I have plenty of times, maybe even this morning. I mean, you know, it probably happens when you don't even, you're not even thinking about it. But how often do we do that? And you know what happens when we start getting our eyes on ourselves? We start getting offended. And isn't that a tool of the enemy? Offense is a tool that he uses to bring division in our relationships. So what does Martha do? She storms into the living room. Assuming they had a living room. I don't know. She storms in there and she's like, Jesus, do you see what my sister is doing? Tell her to get up. She's saying, basically what she's saying, can you imagine? Uh, Excuse me, can you please tell her to leave your feet and come and do the work? And you know what she does? She does this in front of Mary. She does this in front of her guests, putting Mary on the spot. Can you believe, Jesus, that she's not doing this? Like, can you imagine Mary's like, oh, sis, like, just trying to get some time with Jesus, you know? (laughs) When we're focused on ourselves, it's hard to see anything else around us. And you know what? The very nature of the enemy is to be focused on himself. So of course, of course that's a tactic that he uses to get us focused on ourselves, get our eyes off of God and on us and all the injustices that we're experiencing. But you know what, what if Martha, what if things had had shifted for her a little bit? What if Martha, in the midst of her frustration, in the midst of her anger, in the midst of, of, you know, feeling sorry for herself, what if she had this rise up factor come up within her? And what if she took notice and said, you know what, that's the enemy. My sister is not the enemy. This is the enemy trying to come in and bring division in my home. This is the enemy trying to come in and shift and distort my focus and trying to get my eyes off of being with Jesus. What if she had the strength and the power to do that? Things would have looked a little bit differently. And this brings us to the final lesson that is a lesson we learned from Mary. Mary's focus was on Jesus. She took the time to sit at his feet. She took the time to behold his words, the words that he had for her. And you know what? Isn't that just what prayer is? Isn't that just us going to God and sitting at his feet and beholding his goodness and hearing everything that he has for us, everything that he wants to say to us? Mary discovered the one thing that was most important. The one thing, Jesus said, that was worth being concerned about. You see, it's not that God doesn't care about everything else that's going on in our lives. It's not that he doesn't care about the things that you need to do or cares about your hurts, your relationships, 
God values that stuff. But you know what? When we can come to him and say, okay, God, first things first. You see, I think that Mary had a first things first perspective. I think that she knew the value of sitting at the feet of Jesus, of placing him first in her life. I think that she knew that if, if she did that, then everything else would just fall into line. And you know, when I think about this, I think that I can relate probably a little bit more with Martha. Maybe if I'm being honest, maybe if you're being honest, we tend to veer a little more towards Martha's side and we just get busy and we get going. And you know what? If that's you, that's me. If that's you in this place, listen, God is gracious and he's kind and he's not looking down at you, shaking your his hand at you and saying, oh, see what you did today? This morning you just got up. You didn't spend any time with me. You did this. You did, you did all these other things. That's not God. That's the enemy. That's what he wants us thinking about our God, and that is not him. So if anything like that is going on in your head right now, I want you to silence that, and you recognize that that's the enemy and put him in his place. Okay, see, God cares about all these things, but he wants our focus to be on him. You see, I think with Martha, if she had come to Jesus first, that she would have realized that the strength that she needed and the grace that she needed to complete the task that was at hand would have come to her so much easily. That she would have found the grace that she needed to carry out these tasks. See, we've got things that going on in our lives. And you know what? When we come to Jesus and we bring those things to him and we fix our eyes on him and we fix our focus on him, he brings it all into alignment. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of us coming to Jesus and giving him our focus. You see, the enemy wants to consume our thoughts and our focus with all kinds of different things. And maybe right now as I'm talking, there's even things that are coming up in your own mind and you're thinking to yourself, oh yeah, that's, that's an area where the enemy has totally shifted my perspective or totally pulled my focus. Write those things down. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to you and wanting to help you walk through those things. I love the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 31 through 33. He says, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Listen, I think the enemy wants us thinking that if we can just, you know, get all of our things done and, and, and cross things off of our list and, you know, if I can just, you know, take things into my own hands and blah, 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 whatever it is, I think that he wants us to think that God's not going to take care of everything, that if we don't take care of things, things just are, are going to be left to the wayside. 
if we don't try to mend that relationship ourselves, or we don't try to, you know, you know what I mean? We're just taking things into our own hands that God's not going to take care of things. Listen, this is Jesus talking. This is his promise to us that if we seek first his kingdom, that if we seek him, all these things, all these things will be added to you. That's a promise from him that we need to cling to. Let's remember Mary. There was only one thing worth being concerned with. And she found it. Let's be women who are like Mary. Who silence everything else. Who have that laser-like focus on Jesus. Knowing that when we focus in on him. And we give him our full attention, our full mind, and our full hearts that everything else around us will come into alignment with his power and his spirit and his word. Because we have figured out how to put first things first. At the beginning of the message today, we talked about a couple of different areas where the enemy might try to manipulate our focus. And you know that? That list could look different for so many of us. That's going to be personal to you and to the things that you struggle with. It's going to be personal to me and the things that I struggle with. But one thing we need to remember, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle, our battle, our enemy is not against flesh and blood, the things that we can see. But it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, the things we can't see. We're not fighting flesh and blood here, ladies. This is a spiritual battle. So we've got to stop wasting our efforts and wasting our time and our energy on physical Weapons, taking things into our own ha hands, you know, going and off and letting so-and-so have, have it or yelling at this person or, you know, whatever it is. This is not a, a physical battle that we're in. This is a spiritual battle. So we need to use spiritual weapons to defeat our enemy. So what's our most powerful spiritual weapon? It's prayer. James 5, 16 says the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous person makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. You see, prayer, strategic prayer, strategic prayer is what gives us power over our enemy. It's what sharpens our focus. It's what strengthens our, our spiritual eyes. And enables us to see the things that are really going on around us. So what's our strategy? To keep our focus. Last week when Pastor Ann was speaking on passion, she gave us a strategy. And I want to follow that same strategy because I believe that it's, it is effective when we put it into play. And so the first thing that we want to do, and I want to encourage you to write these down. Okay, let's, let's not just 
Let's not just hear this and say, oh, that was nice, I'll go home and I'll try to remember all those things. No, ladies, let's be strategic. We have a strategic enemy. So we need to be strategic, okay? So write these things down. Set an appointment to pray daily. In Ephesians 6, 18, Paul encourages us to pray in the spirit at all times. And you know, I used to read that verse and think at all times, okay, so just throughout the day, like I'll just be, you know, saying my prayers and oh, God, thank you for this. And God, I ask that you would do this for so-and-so and da 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 And that's great. We absolutely should be praying in the spirit throughout the day. But you know what? This word, this phrase, at all times, in its original writings, it's translated from a Greek word called kairos. And that word kairos refers to specific times, precise occasions, and particular events. So you know what? It's not enough for us to just be praying throughout the day, although that's, of course, an amazing habit to have, but it's not enough. Because think for a second how you pray when you're just going throughout the day. There is a huge difference in the way that you pray when you're washing dishes or, you know, the way that you pray when you're walking down the aisle at the grocery store and the way that you would pray in your strategic prayer appointment. If you're walking down the aisle at the grocery store, are you calling out the enemy and are you declaring the name of Jesus over circumstances and are you just calling out this and calling out that? Like, no, you're not walking down the aisle and saying, in Jesus' name, I say that this will come into agreement with you, Father. And, blah, blah, blah. and like, you're not doing that because that's crazy. That's weird, okay? Like, if you were at the grocery store and you saw someone doing that, I mean, I, I guess in some sense, like, oh, oh, you're bold, that's great, okay? Amen. But, I mean, it's a little weird. When you're washing dishes, are you screaming out while you're scrubbing those dishes? No. There's a difference in how you pray when you set aside that time where it's just you and God and you're going to battle. So we've got to set that appointment and we've got to keep it. And you know what? The enemy will do anything and everything to try to get us to not keep that appointment. We have got to be smarter than him. And we've got to recognize when he's trying to distract us and trying to get us away from that time that we have set. And we need to say, oh no, I see what you're trying to do. I'm going to God in prayer. And enemy, you will be silenced. The second thing that we need to do is we need to pray the word. If you have the book or if you got one of the prayer journals, at the end of each chapter, she has a list of different um, scriptures throughout the Bible. And at the end of each session here at Bridge Women, we'll be even throwing those up on the screen, all the different verses. But we've got to get God's word into our prayers. Because Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and powerful. So we need to attach his word to our prayers. The third thing that we need to do is write our prayers with the word. It's a powerful thing to write your prayers. You know, if, if you have kind of been following along with us the last couple of weeks, maybe you've already written some of your prayers. Man, it is powerful when we have them written out 
And we don't just read them, we're not just reciting something, but we are actually praying what we've written. And there's so much power that begins to rise up inside of us when we speak the word of God, when we pray the word of God over our lives. And you know what, we wanna encourage you to write those down, keep a journal. If you got one of the prayer journals, or if you have your own journal, just be writing these things down. And then you know what? Write out your praise reports and so that you can look back and you can see the faithfulness of God in your life. And then the fourth strategy, we wanna allow our prayers to follow this acronym for prayer, which is praise, repent, ask, we wanna make our requests known to God, and yes, that is putting ourselves in agreement with God's promises. Second Corinthians 1, 20 says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. You know what? I'm done being blindsided. I'm done being distracted, and I am done fighting the enemy with weapons that are useless. I'm done exhausting myself making myself crazy, trying to fight the enemy with what is physical. It's time that we shut him down and that we tell him once and for all that his plans will work on us no longer, that his strategies against us are no longer effective because now as women who are rooted and established in Christ, we have our own strategies to go to battle against the enemy, amen? amen? You know, last week, Pastor Ann shared her own personal prayer and we're gonna continue to do that as we go through the rest of these chapters. Because there's something powerful about just hearing someone else's prayer. Maybe it'll spark some things in you. Maybe you've yet to write your prayer on focus if you haven't. That's fine, you've got a whole week to write it, okay? But there's something, something powerful about just hearing from someone else. And you know, I think that the Spirit of God starts to spark things within yourself and enables you to come in and write your own prayer. But one thing that I wanna share with you, you know, as I was writing my prayer for focus, you know what, I, was, I struggled with it. And maybe you're sitting in here and you're like, oh, good, okay, I, I did too. And maybe you're not and it was just me, but I'm just gonna believe that it was more than just me. But, you know, maybe you went down to write your prayer out and it was just a struggle and you couldn't, all of a sudden you felt like, oh, I don't know what to say. Listen, we're women, we know what to say. We've got words to say. And you know what? That is exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to keep us from writing our prayers and we are not going to allow him to do that. Okay, so push through. I had to push through. Let me tell you, it took me four days to write this one prayer, okay? Because I just wrestled with it. And you know what? I know that that was the enemy. The enemy doesn't want us praying strategic prayers because he knows that when we pray strategic prayers that he no longer is effective over us because we have a tool to fight back against him. So ladies, if you find yourselves this week struggling to write a prayer, struggling to find time to get in this book, struggling to find time to spend with him, know that that is the enemy. 
and you stop right there in your tracks and you say, not today, not today. Amen? So as we begin to close, I'm going to share my prayer with you. So why don't you just put your notes aside for a second. We just close your eyes and I'm just going to invite you into this personal moment of mine and my prayer is that as I pray that God would begin to stir some prayers of your own within your heart. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love and your kindness towards me. Thank you that your mercies for me are new every day. God, I praise you because there's no one like you. Thank you, God, that when I come to you, you're there with arms open wide. Thank you, God, that you accept me as I am, but that you love me enough to change me. God, I repent for taking my focus off of you. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a heart that is right and pure and humble. God, your word says in 1 John 1, 9, that if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me and that you will cleanse me of all unrighteousness. So God, forgive me for allowing my focus to drift from you. God, I know that there have been times where I've been angry and frustrated with the wrong people and the wrong things. Forgive me for the things I've said and done when I've tried to take things into my own hands. Forgive me for allowing myself to be distracted by the enemy and for taking my eyes off of you and your plans and purposes and blessings in my life. God, I know that my heart and my flesh may fail, but according to 2 Corinthians 12, 9, your grace is sufficient for me and your power is made perfect in my weakness. So Father, I give you all my weaknesses and I trust that your power and your spirit will carry me. I choose to walk in your grace. I choose now and every day to align my thoughts in my heart with you. Now, God, I ask you to strengthen me in the area of my focus. Father, open up my eyes so that I can see clearly when the enemy is trying to steal my attention. According to Colossians 3, 2, I set my heart and my mind on things above, not on earthly things. God, pull at my heart and remind me when I'm getting off track. Help me to be patient with those around me and with myself as I learn and grow. Keep me from being blindsided and help me to pay better attention to what's really going on around me. God, help me to see what you see. I refuse to be an easy target any longer. Open up my spiritual eyes and help me to be aware when the enemy is at work. Help me to see what is true. God, I align my spirit with yours. Now, Father, I put my heart and mind in agreement with your word. According to Romans 8, 37, I am more than a conqueror through you. Therefore, I know that the plans of the enemy have no power over me. Psalm 41, 11 says that you delight in me and my enemy will not triumph over me. And because Romans 8, 11 says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, God, I know that I have the power to defeat the enemy. 
Hebrews 2.14 says that you have destroyed the devil and he is powerless. Therefore, I will walk in victory over him. Father, your word says in Numbers 23.9 that God is not a man that he should lie. So I cling to your promises. I align my heart and mind with what you have declared. And I say yes in the name of Jesus that is above every name. Amen. Amen. Our written prayers are powerful. So I want to encourage you to go home today, carve out some time, and write your prayers. Write your strategies. And remember that as you do so, you are creating a plan of attack against the enemy. Don't allow him to lie to you. Don't allow him to discourage you and tell you that you don't know what you're doing. Say, that's okay. If I don't know what I'm doing, the Spirit of God will show me. And you know what? The cool thing about this is that as we grow in this, we get better at it. So you know what? Don't be worried about what your prayer sounds like. You're not gonna, you don't have to stand up here and read it, okay? It's for your own time. God's the one that hears it. And he knows everything that you mean when you say it. Amen. Amen. We're going to take some time right now. We've got a little bit of time left to just sit at our tables. And, you know, last week what we did was we shared some verses with each other, with the ladies at our, our table, verses to help fuel our passion. And I want to do that same thing this week because, you know what, like I said, maybe you're struggling a little bit with writing a prayer, with coming up with scriptures. And you know what? That's okay. That's what we're here for. This is sisterhood, okay? We're here for each other. So I want you to take the next 15 minutes, spend some time with the girls at your table. If you don't know each other, introduce yourselves. And why don't you take the rest of this time to encourage each other with scriptures. Maybe there's scriptures that came to your mind. That's the Holy Spirit dropping things in your heart. Okay, share those with one another so that then we can go home with scriptures. I don't know how many people are at each table. Eight? Okay, you could potentially go home with eight scriptures to put into a prayer and use it as your strategy to keep your focus. Amen? Okay, we love you ladies so much. So enjoy the rest of your time. We will see you back here next week.